This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Wiki starts. It's time to answer the biggest question of them all. What is the greatest Manchester City side of the last 10 years? It's Monday the 16th of October. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Adam Howard. I'm Andrew Devon. And this is the City Report Podcast. Welcome, chaps. It's the uh, Duracell Bunny Triple A job today. Amos, Andrew, Adam. Um, Adam, how are you doing, man? It's. Uh, I mean, we, we we wheel you out every international break. I'm, I'm sure you just sort of live in a cave for, for the majority of the season. Probably doing all them fantastic uh, Instagram posts over on your Instagram link in the bio as usual. But yeah, how are you doing? I'm all right. Uh, it's been longer than I would have liked since my last appearance. But yeah, like you say, international break drives me to... Um, Having more free time, so you know, thought I'd come back on. I've had, had a bit of a uh, busy couple of weeks back at uni, um, not studying, <laughs> but just. I was on, gonna out, say out, out on the out on the town, so you know, <laughs> freshest flu has taken me, but you know, I'm still there for City Report Pod always. Yeah, I, I was. I'm glad you brought that up because you put on a lovely professional front to start off with, making out like you've uh, you've been away studying. And I was gonna say, no, actually, you have confessed it is it has been fresher than nobody. It's fantastic to have you back, um, Andrew. Your freshers must have been in a different century. Um, do you even remember it? Was it black and white? Your freshers fairs and stuff like that. Well. Uh, I mean, that's just a little rude, Amos. Um, <laughs> however, uh, this actually would be, this is 10 years since I went through Freshers Week at the University of Edinburgh as a wow. uh, semester abroad student. Um, and I can attest that I probably felt and sounded the way Adam felt and sounded <laughs> by the end of that. Because despite having had two full years of uh, college under my belt by the time I had to deal with uh, Scottish drinking habits, it's <laughs> 
it's not for the faint of heart yeah yeah i think i think we've discussed this sort of in privately before but american drinking culture and british drinking culture is completely different american drinking culture and english drinking culture is entirely different english drinking culture and scottish drinking culture is a completely different world so i can imagine that would have been um i needed a, a rude awakening is essentially would have been what was necessary yeah. to survive that and good stead but it was yeah. it was good nonetheless yeah liver transplant for a year in edinburgh it sounds about right um wait till you go down to glasgow though that is that's a completely different place again um right okay then i guess we'll get into today's show because we've got a lot of speak lot to speak about and as usual on the international break we're parking the real life stuff and we're going into the conceptual hypothetical world a little bit um i have compiled together eight of city's best teams from the last well it's technically 11 seasons but let's just call it a decade for the um for the simplicity of it and they're all teams who've won trophies or a couple of teams who've won trophies that aren't involved but essentially i've put them together in a tournament bracket there's four quarterfinals and us three here today we're going to try and get a definitive answer for the best manchester city team of the last decade now Immediately, it's going to be contentious because we're going in a knockout style format. Some teams would have been better suited for a 38 game season. Some teams will be better suited to a two legged game. But imagine World Cup knockouts, quarter final, 90 minutes, one off. That's what we're looking to do. Now, I'll tell you the teams to start off with before we get into the draw. We've gone for the Centurions in 2017-18, Pellegrini's 2013-14 league winners. We've got the Formidables, which is the worst name ever, but 2018-19 domestic treble um, and the Community Shield, of course. 93-20 team, 2011-12. The double winners of 2020-21. That was obviously Tim got to Champions League final as well. The back-to-back league winners of 21-22. Treble winners, 22-23. And the FA Cup winners, of 2011 should we get into it then is everyone ready any questions before we do is um are we all good can we all think that far back i mean adam for you it's probably a little bit harder what were you like two years old in 2011 something like that no i remember watching it on my, t- on my tv when i was seven um that was my first year proper like going to games um yeah so my first got special memories with that but some of the teams i've obviously seen more of and got more um, affiliations to yeah. As someone who was graduating high school when that <laughs> game happened, hearing that Adam was seven years old was just a, <laughs> that was a knife to the gut. Oh, there's, there's all sort of ages there, but it, it'll be good. It'll be good because it does give that balance and that, that contrast yeah. throughout the eras. But we'll get into it then. Quarterfinal one. I've put together the Centurions from, and, and by the way, these are kind of seeded um, a little bit. So, you know, there may be a little bit of bias in the draws but we've got the centurions in 2017-18 versus the pellegrini league winners of 2013-14 now we are going to try and sort of whistle through the quarterfinal stage because we could spend all day rambling about the teams but i do want to just quickly ask andrew let's speak about the the 2013-14 league winners because i think out of all the trophy city have won that's possibly the the biggest of them which goes sort of under the radar a little bit it doesn't really get the same sort of hype as the others does it no, it definitely doesn't. I mean, I I love Pellegrini for what he did and that, you know, I think he was an important part of the club's journey, but he's always going to be overlooked because he's sandwiched between the fiery Roberto Mancini and then the great that is Pep <laughs> mm-hmm. Guardiola. And 
he was just too professorial, I think, to have fans mm-hmm. really fall in love with him. And, you know, the, but I will say the one thing I like about this team and the that season, it was very much a flawed team and a flawed season. Um, this is not the perfection that we are used to now as City mm-hmm. fans. And so even though for me, this would not be the team moving on, I do think that uh, it is a fun ride to go back and reminisce about what the season was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, it is. And there's some fantastic performances. I mean, doing the rounds at the moment, Yaya Torre's goals from that season, which were just, you know, breathtaking. It's remarkable he didn't win an individual award that year. Granted, uh, Luis Suarez was tearing up the leagues in one of the best individual performances. I think you could yeah. probably make a case, um, sort of excluding Erling Haaland's season last year, that the two best ever individual campaigns in the Premier League came in the same, t- in the same season from the two teams going for the title. But um, Adam, you know, I loved I loved this title win, the 2013-14 win, because speaking of ages, I would have been uh, 14 at the time, uh, which for UK people is, what, year nine, I think it was? Um, I don't know, Andrew, what's that? So like seventh grade, eighth uh, grade? Eighth grade, freshman year, depending on kind of where your birthday's fallen in. Lovely stuff. So, you know, just getting, getting to grips with football um, in terms of understanding it on a quote-unquote deeper level but that 13-14 team was, was it was fantastic to win a league title and it not be as sort of heart-wrenching dramatic as what two or three years prior with the 93 21 yeah like like I mentioned earlier that was in terms of teams that I grew like more stronger bonds with that was probably my strongest one that because it was my first season with a season ticket, I was nine slash ten. Mm. Um, so I was going. I started going every week, and I'd be watching Negredo banging the goals every week with Aguero. Ooh. Absolutely insane partnership. <sighs> Missed that man. Prime Torre company was on a different level back then. Joe Hart mm. was still on arguably at the peak of his powers. Um, Zabaleta, he just won Player of the Year for City, and he mm. was just everyone loved him. Everyone there's something special about that team because it was still the core of that ninety three twenty team, but. Pellegrini kind of made it a bit more exciting almost. I'm not I can't say I watched the eleven twelve team week in, week out, so like I say I was only eight. But um <laughs> it was I think from my from my memories, like the attacking football that Pellegrini put on show that first season was just like we we had so many wins that was like by five or six goals. You know, we beat Norwich seven nil, I can remember. Mm. We did the double over United in like four one and three nil. Uh, Spurs we beat six one and five nil or something. Um the title race itself was special, pipping Liverpool to it with the Gerrard slip, mm. the Crystal Palace three-all game. Then Yaya scored at Crystal Palace as well when putting it in our hands. There's so many special memories of that season. Um, and yeah, that's that's that's, and that's not even mentioning that was that our first ever League Cup double, I think, because we'd done a double yeah. in this, in 1970, yeah. the League yeah. Cup and the Cup Winners' Cup, but first League there, Cup There double. is also another fun first from that season that... I just happen to know, which is that could our hundredth goal, hundred <laughs> our hundredth goal that season was also the first goal in all of English football to be decided via the use of the Hawkeye was, system, which had rolled a, a, out. against Cardiff City, Cardiff, was it? Yeah. Uh, Edin Dzeko. Yeah. Yes, remember it. Remember it very well. Yeah, that's um, the. But that was the first time that Hawkeye. You know, yeah, that was the it was the beginning of the end of football because suddenly <laughs> we were letting computers and cameras decide goals. Yeah, that that uh, League Cup final as well is probably one of my favourite games as a City fan because it's my yeah. first Wembley yeah. trip. Seeing like Barini put them one 0 up and then two screamers in quick succession, Yaya and Nasri. 
little nine-year-old mm. me with the limbs on the on the Wembley concourse <laughs> and then Navas um, as well great game great game yeah f- fun facts about that game it was on my birthday um it was on my birthday uh, I was going to say I'm not going to give the date away but you can go back and look when the yeah. league cup final game was <laughs> 2nd of March 2013 oh no 2014 sorry but yeah and, and wonderful kits that year as well probably the, the strongest free collection yeah. of kits um however though Andrew Against the 2017-18 Centurions, does it have a chance of winning? Um, you know, we're genu- genuinely, you know, we're doing it based on the p- a bit ability on the pitch. So it isn't which team we prefer. I guess it has a chance because they're all great teams. But you know, let, let's face it, I think it, it has probably a chance. But I, I think it it's going to be closer than I think people expect mm. because I do think that 13-14 team probably can defend a little bit better than the Centurions could. But I think you're still going to get blown away by the you know centurions attack and mm. kevin de bruyne pulling the strings i i just yeah i don't think you're overcoming that adam give me a score then um 2017 18 centurions versus pellegrini's 2013 14 league and cup will add um winners um so what scores it finish him um i think if they catch the 13 14 team in the first half of the season when you got aguero and negredo as a partnership Prime Yaya, prime company. I think it'll be. I think it'll be tighter than you might suggest. But I think, like Andrew said, the quality of those Centurions would just nip nip it. So I'd go like three one Centurions because they could score goals. Yeah, yeah. That that I think that makes sense as a sensible scoreline. Let's go with that because I think um, most listeners would probably go with Centurions. I'd interested to see, um, by the way, listeners, which which winners you'd have picked from each quarterfinal. So if you have the time, do send them in. City Report Pod on all social media. Let's move on to the second quarterfinal then. Over to the opposite side of the bracket of this mini tournament I've put together. And it's the double winners of 2020 slash 21 versus the back-to-back Premier League winners, 21-22. Now, obviously, they were back-to-back because the season before, the 2021 team had won it. So, Adam, these are two, in a way, very similar teams, but also quite different. Because if you remember the 2020-21 season, you had Ilkay Gundwan sort of playing this false nine slash false eight sort of role he obviously finished the season the city's top goal scorer they made it to the champions league final losing to chelsea and we can discuss the merits of that game uh for quite a while and then fast forward a year it was more phil foden playing that role obviously aguero by this point had left so city really were strikerless even if they were pretty much the same albeit not by name the season before so um Two similar teams, but I think out of all the, the, the contests we've got in this quarterfinal stage, probably the most balanced two teams that are, that could go head-to-head. Yeah, um, it's a tough one to call again. There's, like you said, they're so similar. They had different different things going for them in terms of those seasons. You know, the first Champions League final for that 21 team, I think. Mm. Especially if we're looking at it from a knockout tournament perspective, I think especially with the introduction of Diaz then coming in with Stones that year. Fernandinho mm. was still in his prime, or, or at his be- like near his best level. Um, it was a great team. I think it, on first on first viewing, I would have to say them just purely because of that knockout factor because obviously the year later we lost to West Ham in the Carabao. Yeah. FA yeah. Cup and Champions League semi-final losses. I think, yeah, I think the 2020-21 season is... A little bit more special for me. And mm. yeah, I'd probably give them the edge. 
Yeah, I think I'm sort of going that way. Um, obviously, the the 2021 season, they started the season so poorly. Um, it looked like for a very long time, City weren't even going to get anything from that that campaign. Obviously, then go and win the League Cup um, in April, which was weird enough. Obviously, COVID knocks it back and, and winning the league title at a canter in the end. But then it sort of was flip reverse, wasn't it, Andrew, for the 2021-22 season? Because we started so strongly and then famously Liverpool dragged themselves back into it um, sort of around the new year. I remember they, they went on an absolute hot streak and, and they could have won the quadruple themselves. But I, I'm a bit torn, um, actually, it has to be said. I don't know which one would win in a game and, and that's what we're here to decipher. I don't know if you've got anything to add um, which may sway my vote either way. I, so... I think we've talked, Amos, that 2021 for both of us are is a team that is really, it, it pulls us in because of that imperfect start and kind of, mm. but I, I think that if you're playing these two sides against one another, for me, I think 21-22 edges it because it has everything that the 2021 team had, mm. but I think it is more adapted to playing this false nine kind of weird style that we had adapted to where mm. we were controlling games and, but we didn't have anyone who's a real striker on the pitch. Um, I also think that's Jao Cancelo's, you know, seminal seat. True. Like I True. think, I think 21, 22 for me, it, you're going to just edge it, but this is like, it's a two, one, it's a three, two. Mm. It's very close. But I think ultimately this just comes down to 2021 was a transition season. 21, 22 was, we know what we're doing with this team mm. now and we're a better version of last year. Yeah, um, good arguments has to be said from from either party and, and considering you're going up against a lawyer, Adam, it's um, it's a good effort. <laughs> um, I, I, I think maybe I edged the 21-22, not necessarily because of, of what you said, Andrew, yourself, but because um, it obviously comes in the context of that Probably the best Liverpool team I can remember from um, even mm-hmm. you know going throughout all of this this mini era. I know there's some people who contest the usage of, of the word era in relation to City Liverpool, but just the fact that they were what two and a half, well, basically two games away from winning the quadruple. So I, I think I'd go for that one just because it found a way to win. And I think if you put the 21-22 team in that Champions League final against Chelsea. Not even sort of with the with the scars of having the um, the final before, but I think if they play that individual match against Chelsea in the final, they they probably find a way to win that the twenty twenty one team didn't necessarily develop in time for that game. So I, I think I'm gonna go for the twenty one twenty two. Adam, is that is that okay with you? Are you gonna put in a stewards inquiry? Are you gonna kick off? Are you gonna ask, demand for a replay? Um, Klopp style. I don't know what score it would be, by the way, but I reckon it is probably another one goaler. Yeah, I mean. Like like I alluded to earlier, it's very tight. So you know, I'll I'll let them have it. I'll let them have this mm. one at twenty one twenty two. Um, you know, you got Gundogan. He might have had more goals in the twenty 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 one, but you know, those two important ones against Villa. If you could deliver them again against the season before's team, then they'll probably edge it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, right, okay, then back across to the other side of the tournament bracket now. And we've had what I said was the, the most balanced contest with the 2021 versus the 22 team. This is probably the most contrasting contest because it's the it's the formidables, again, yuck, but we'll, we'll ride with it, 2018-19 um, team versus the 93-20, 2011-12 team. Now, Andrew, this, the 2011-12 the team is is 
obviously the the the, the most furthest away one um from my doubles is, is sort of kind of recent but not necessarily so we'll do a bit of a refresher but you know some some of the players from the 93-20 team that started that game against Crystal pa- uh, Crystal Palace Jesus Christ Queens Park Rangers on the final day in 2012 obviously Joe Hart in there he's a fixture in quite a few of these teams companies Abaleta Lescott Clichy Sammy Nasri Gareth Barry one of my favourite City players of all time David Silva Yaya Torre Sergio Aguero Carlos Tevez on the bench um, but basically some legends of of the City era. However, with the formidables, we're talking about modern day legends and, and some of the best players to ever play the game in English football. So this would be a really interesting game, I think, to actually watch. Who do you think edges it? Because two great teams, but um, there can only be one winner in our in our hypothetical tournament. You know, I, I will add as well, by the way, we can take it to extra time and penalties if you think it would need to go that far. I'll be honest. I don't think this is getting anywhere close to extra penalties. <laughs> I, I think this eighteen nineteen team would absolutely destroy. <laughs> like I, let I, the let's pay the dues that the eleven twelve team deserves for getting over the psychological hump that is winning that first Premier League title, doing what they did. Absolutely, but they're just not going to come anywhere close to being able to handle what that 1819 team was particularly i think in a one-off knockout game um i i think that 1819 team is gonna just absolutely pace them that's funny that's funny um because obviously if we were doing sort of odds for this tournament you'd have the 1819 team as one of the favorites maybe some people have them as the favorites but whilst we're on the topic of weird facts from these uh particular teams adam the 2011-12 according to wikipedia it had five different variations of a goalkeeper shirt for that for that season which i don't even know i mean i'm looking at it people look it up yourself as well but there's um an all green one there's a green one with white socks there's an all black one there's a black one with white socks and then there's a yellow one with black shorts and and yellow socks as well i don't remember Um, the yellow one at all i think i think it was the season prior and they just sort of had to wheel it out because there was a kit clash um that's what i think anyway but going back to the 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 football adam you know we we may write off this 2011-12 team but they had some fantastic results in there i remember a game against tottenham hotspur earlier in the season when city balotelli scored and probably city should have been down to 10 men in that game but you know they came they they got the three points there obviously the 6-1 against united earlier in the campaign you know the formidables weren't able to do a, a match like that so andrew said it the the 18-19 team is going to smoke them I think it'd be quite close because especially in a knockout game, granted City didn't have the Champions League experience at this point, it may be different nowadays, but I think, you know, on their day, this this uh, 2011-12 team were, were not as good, of course, but, you know, up there. Yeah, I would have to say that the Formidables, <laughs> the favourite name for the team, um, <laughs> would, would edge it, but I do think that like you said, I think it would be a lot closer because I read that the 2011-12 team have the joint record for most points at home in a season at 55. Oh. Um, so if if this game was being played at the Etihad hypothetically, um, yeah, then it might be it might be quite tight. But 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 which which teams that he had? Yeah, true, true. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Like the eighteen nineteen team, they had a couple of like blips, like you know, winter time with Palace and Leicester, then Newcastle in the mm. new year. But other than that, it was basically perfection. They kind of evolved. Pep had evolved his centurions from playing like 
beautiful football battering teams week in week out to like so a lot of those wins in the 18-19 season seem to me to be like quite lower scoring affairs whereas like mm. it'd just be uh, it, and that's even without Kevin De Bruyne for most of the season Bernardo Silva was different beast that year you still had Aguero in his prime Sané and Sterling Mares was in the mix you know it was a brilliant team um, and I think when you compare that to 11-12 team 89 points is no mean feat and you know to to edge United like that the, with the way we turned up in the big games that year like against United the company had a um, mm. Newcastle QPR what a, what a day by the way if we speak about great matches that is that is up there one of the best absolutely um, so yeah the, they've, they've got the, that team that 93-20 team they've got the heart you know um, but I think are we clouded by nostalgia how good they were I'm not sure but Teve, mm-hmm. Tevez was when he was about you know he was still different different gravy so you know yeah. there's certain battles that you'd like to see between these players between these teams so but I think the perfection of the 1819 team would just about have it yeah I think it'd be remiss of me not to stick that 1819 team through but uh, you know a special mention for that 2011-12 team because you, you mentioned is it nostalgia and probably um it, it plays a part but City remained unbeaten that season until mid-December um when they lost at Chelsea you know the only loss I think is five league matches that entire campaign which if it happened to uh, in the modern era under Guardiola would still be saying it's a wonderful um a wonderful achievement and, and obviously um after after Easter um in mid-April they went on an, uh, on an absolute tear. They won the last six games. I think they only conceded about four goals in that spell, eight points behind United. So, and a very good United, by the way. Just having recently played in the Champions League final the season before, beaten by who? Who else? But uh, Guardiola's Barcelona, of course. Um, I, I did. Yeah, it is. It is the eighteen nineteen team. But I do think that ninety three twenty team, maybe because of the way the the Premier League was run. Uh, was one sorry goes under the radar a little bit but um yeah 18-19 goes through they'll play the centurions in the semi-final what game that'll be uh final quarter final then andrew the treble winners versus the fa cup winners city's most recent success and crowning moment for some people versus the one that kicked it all off um I can't imagine this being much of a contest. It has to be said. The FA Cup winners come here as rank outsiders against one of the favourites. But yeah, shout out to that team because it was, um, out of all of them, possibly one of the most fun to watch. I remember Europa League campaigns and uh, some great games in the in the Premier League, obviously qualifying for the Champions League for the first time ever as well. And yeah, uh, probably one of the funnest seasons to have been a blue. Um, it has to be said. Yeah, and uh, shouts to the you know third kit that season which it's remains true. one of the it's best true. that city have done but if it was on yeah, kits I, mean, I think this this team would probably win um but unfortunately ooh, it's not. I, I i don't know that uh the 13 14 that's true a, true that's because that's success across them i don't love the away kit this season um the other two mm. i would be ecstatic to have kits like but I yeah yeah the away kit but uh, you know the the 10 11 season Obviously, it's incredibly important from a historic perspective. Um, I actually, I think you could argue it's one of the four most important city teams yeah. um, of the modern era. If and by modern, I mean I would go back to the '99 team mm-hmm. to you know win that final turnaround. Then you've got this one, you've got eleven, twelve, and then I'd argue you have the trouble winners. Mm-hmm. The problem is they are up against the trouble winners, <laughs> and I think that. Um, you know, while the 
we did not look at our best at moments last season. Um, and there's a reason why a lot of people, not myself, were doubting our ability to pull the treble off, um, even as we had seen results around. I just, there's no way this 10-11 team could deal with the mm. team that put Real Madrid and RB Leipzig and all these, like just absolutely put them to the sword. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we just, like we would, <laughs> It's a we were a boa constrictor last season. Like yeah. we would choke the life out of that ten eleven team. Yeah, and it, it probably ends up three or four nil. It has to be said. Um, Adam, some names from that FA Cup final against Stoke City. Then obviously Ayatore gets the goal. Uh, Mike Richards is in the team. Um, we've got who else have we got in there? Carlos Tevez, Balotelli. You know, it, it was it was. Kolarov, yeah. I remember watching the highlights, actually. He took a pop shot from a genuinely, I'm not even exaggerating, 40 yards out. Um, hey, the greatest Stoke- centre-back Pep Guardiola has ever seen. <laughs> what, what a quote, by the way. What a quote. Um, but, you know, it, it isn't going to beat the treble winners. I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a, a contest, a 38-game season, a one-off game, a final, a two-legged knockout where the FA Cup winners beat the treble winners is, is is there a team in there that you think the fa cup winners squeak past because I, I i don't know i guess what it sort of was that the the first success for city in this modern era so it's only sort of natural that they don't go above the others but yeah it does feel like they were the the, the beginning of it all um has to be said which is it's great because it, it kicks off what we can now speak about of the last 10 years yeah i think you said it yourself there that was just the beginning i think that summer of 2010 was probably the most influential, maybe, of that mm-hmm. in city yeah. history, you know, signing Torre, Silva, Kolarov, Milner, <laughs> Bartelli, <laughs> Boateng. You know, there's a few, uh, Silva mm-hmm. and Torre were the catalysts, and Mancini, that was his first summer to fully work his magic with the squad. And I think it was just th- that was just the start of it, like you said, because these players, even Silva and Torre, they were brilliant that year, but they might not have been quite at their best, they were mm-hmm. still evolving. and the pl- managers like Guardiola got the best out of them later on, or Pellegrini with Torre. Um, so I think it, that, that team, you know, it it changed the power in Manchester. Changed it in a, in a way, it changed the history of Manchester City. Really, mm. it changed the course of it to beat United at Wembley, go and win that first trophy and that drought. Um, it, it, they deserve all the credit they get, but yeah, I think that was just the beginning of it all. And every team since has just been an evolution of the one that's gone before. And when you compare that to the most recent, having been last year, doing the best thing that City have achieved, winning the treble, there's no contest. Yeah, um, I think it is as cut and dry as that, which which concludes the quarterfinals. Listeners, stay exactly where you are. Quick break, we'll be back to continue this, um, this look at who was the best ever Manchester City team of the modern era. Um, stay exactly where you are. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season. And the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. 
at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com welcome back to the city report podcast a brand new week as well three episodes for you before we get back into club football at the weekend thank god that'll be a daily schedule as usual um okay then semi-final time because we'll we'll start off with with the big one um 2017-18 versus 2018-19 and, and Andrew again it's two very similar teams personnel wise we're talking about one or two additions probably the, the most notable being Riyad Mahrez coming in um, either side of those those teams um, talk me through this contest then Where's it, where, where is it won where is it lost who do you think goes through into the coveted final I think this is I mean, I think both semifinals are hard because you're literally talking about iterations of the same team that kind of, yeah. <laughs> they they have the basically the same style. They have the same approach to the game. And interesting, the, the both consecutive seasons yeah. in, in, um, in both semifinals, which is, which is an interesting little quirk. And it's, it's a question of kind of what do you view as the best version of this like these two i think different iterations of mm-hmm. city i actually think part, i think part of it is that he was available the whole season with kdb being there for 1718 but i think i would go with the 1718 team Ooh, interesting um, I, that 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 is I, quite a controversial not it's not controversial in the sort of the meaning of the word but you know there's a, a few people who have argued in the past that the formidables 2018-19 is actually a, a better team than the 17-18. So, so what, I, what I edges think, it then? What edges it for you? I think overall, I would agree. Like, if you're talking in terms of their success, how they play in a 38-game season, all of that. But to me, I think if you're comparing these two teams, you don't get to have KDB in the 18-19 team because he is not a huge mm. part of that season because of his injury. But you get him in 17-18. And, you know, I think... That is that midfield of Fernandinho at his peak, David Silva at a level we had never seen before, KDB just absolutely smashing games and making mm. passes that don't make sense. Like, I think that's just what slightly edges it because I think everything else between these two teams is almost like you can't really separate it other than you do have Riyad Mahrez coming in mm. for 18 19. But for me, I think if you ask me which would you rather have, Riyad Mahrez or uh, a full Hadoos Powers KDB for a one-off game. Like, there's a reason. Like, KDB is a big game player. He w- lives for those big moments. Um, mm. And so, I'm going 17-18 for a knockout. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting when we get to the second semi-final then, because um, obviously De Bruyne are playing a big part in both those teams. So, you, you're going 2018-19. Is that your your vote locked in? Um, yeah, no, I'm 17-18. Oh, 17-18, yeah, of course, um, because yeah. of 18-19 didn't have Kevin De Bruyne. Um, Adam, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I feel like there's a little bit of a paradox here with the 2017-18 team. Obviously, they got 100 points. They won the league by 19 um, ahead of United, uh, biggest ever margin, like, like you know, against United. Um, once again, 19 points ahead of United. Anyway, uh, they scored 106 goals, which was more than the 18-19. They had a goal difference of 79 and obviously set the record which has never been done again in the Premier League and I'll, you know it, it might get it might be done again down the line but I don't think it's going to happen in in the in any any time soon basically getting 100 points however did, were they only able to do that because the competition was so poor and fast forward a year we've got the start of this 
mini Liverpool dynasty where they, granted, didn't win as much as City did. But at the same time, let's face it, they were a fantastic team. And, and those games against Liverpool in 2018-19, you know, go down as some of the best in Premier League history. So is it more impressive for the 2018-19 team to have done that with Liverpool behind them as opposed to sort of a lacklustre competition in 2017-18? It's a tough one because I'd say if you if you're asking which team is the best like on its day i'd i'd say 17 18 you know look at the records mm. look at just the football they played how they were able to dismantle basically every team they played that season scoring some scoring an incredible amount of goals in against almost like apart from the, those couple of losses against liverpool united you know is a the, the records speak for themselves you know that's mm. one of the best in terms of purely as a premier league season as a team that's that's you can't think of any better but I would have to say that maybe the 18-19 team were I don't know if it's the right word but a bit more polished maybe because mm-hmm, yeah. you, you know losing to United and Liverpool is like the, the two main like negatives you can think of from that season uh, whereas in the 18-19 season in the big games we were there every game you know we drew 0-0 at Anfield which was a positive at the time and then to beat them in January to turn it round and then Doing the double of United again, I think, and then you then people think of the seventeen eighteen team how they won so many games like about winter period before Liverpool, whereas the eighteen nineteen team did that got two less points, but they won the last fourteen games of the season, which is just astounding. Whilst winning a domestic treble without their best player Kevin De Bruyne to, to <laughs> with a record equal in FA Cup final scoreline. <laughs> I, I think I think I'm edging towards the 2018-19. Yeah, um, yeah, I, uh, I'm the same. I think 2018-19. As much as it pains me to say it, just just because I'm not going, I'm obviously not going to say the Centurions was a fluke because it it was anything but. And 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 I think you know going back to counter my original point, the gap was so big because City was so good. Um, but I I do think that sort of. I don't basically. If you had the that Liverpool team against the Centurions team, and and it sort of plays in a, a way because City had won a title and they'd know, known how to do it. It was the first league title under Guardiola, um, so it was allowed. You know, th- there's all sorts of different factors at play here. But I think if the Centurions go against that Liverpool team, they don't get 100 points. They lose a couple more matches. The you know the games are a bit tired. So I, I do think it was just the the environment at that time which made it so fantastic, and and it is you know to watch some of the best football but pair it against an elite level team like that 18-19 team I think 18-19 wins and I do think as Adam says it is more impressive to have done it without De Bruyne than to have De Bruyne in there doing it although in a one-off game I don't know how that affects it it's a really really Mm. tough it's a really tough contest I think I'm going to go 18-19 because originally I do think that is probably the stronger team, although that's probably going to cause a controversy um, as usual. So yeah, we'll, we'll go 18-19. It's two to one. Um, sided with you, Andrew, beforehand. So I've gone with Adam this time. Well, let's move on to semi-final two. And, and I guess we could probably have much of the same conversation, albeit with different personnel and different factors for this one. 2021, 22, back-to-back league winners. Um, just the Just the one trophy for that team. Whereas you fast forward 12 months and City are winning the lot, the 2022-23 treble winners. On paper, this looks a simple contest. Is it, Andrew? 
I don't think it's simple. And frankly, I think uh, this team is the only, I think 21-22 is probably the only team that has a hope and a prayer of uh, being able to contain and contend with the treble winners. And also, Mm -hmm. I think, offer something that would give the other side pause. Um, Because I do think that Jao Cancelo being in his you know, pomp the way he was in this mm. 21-22 team actually is a, a type of threat and a chaos agent that the 22-23 team is going to have to figure out how are we going to contain and would give, I think, Pep a little bit of pause to go to the 3-2-2-3 uh, system that we do. But mm. I think ultimately, um, as good as the 21-22 side is I think particularly defensively and I think that's what would that's what makes this side of the bracket I think so much stronger is that these two defenses are just on a different level Mm. as strong as that 21-22 side is I don't think that it would contend well having to deal with Holland being fed the way he was last season Mm. um I know Holland didn't exactly um cover himself in laurels in the run-in and the knockout tournaments for City last season. But I think in a one-off, um, if you tell me the teams basically have the exact same defense, but one side has a false nine and the other has Erling Holland, I'm probably just going to pick the side that has Erling Holland at the nine. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that's kind of how the Man City training matches go. Um, whichever team gets Haaland probably, <laughs> probably wins. Um, but uh, Adam, here's some stats for you because we speak about 2022 versus uh, 2023. Um, the 21-22 team scored more goals conceded fewer goals had a better goal difference and got more points um putting it into context with that Liverpool team again do you think last season's league winners and let's just sort of focus on the league for now do you think they win the league title if they're against the Liverpool team from the season prior um I know City in the end dropped off they'd won it by the last couple of games and they had two finals to come so maybe the Brighton and the Brentford games look a bit different although you look at the form of those two teams at the back end of last season I don't think that you know it wouldn't have been untoward for them to get points against City anyway but do you think maybe the uh, league win isn't as simple as it as it was if it's against that Liverpool team, or do you just think this twenty two twenty three team were, were just winners throughout the um, entire campaign, and and it had that sense of destiny that we spoke about at the end of last season? Um, I'd say there's an element of that, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, then you know twenty one twenty two on paper and the Premier League had a better season. I'm looking at the fixtures there; they only lost three games all season compared to the five of the treble winners. Um, mm. so, and you know, it, it, it took a while for City to get really going last season and you know, people at the end of the season, I don't know if they just try to downplay City's achievements, but you know, our, our away record against the top nine or whatever was really was quite poor. Mm. So, and you know, Liverpool 21-22, they got to, they, there was how many minutes from a quadruple they were, you know, they were, those like Gundogan goals, two games. Yeah. those <laughs> Gundogan goals and that Real Madrid Champions League final. I think if those Gundogan goals don't go in, then they probably go and win both. Mm, so we, it's, a, it's a very different story then. And that Liverpool team was very, very good. And, you know, like I said, City took a while to get going last year. We had, we had to take a while to adapt to how Haaland played. And, you know, there's a lot of different mm. different things that took place throughout the season. Different, quite a, it was quite a refresh in terms of the mm. transfer we made ahead of the season. Um, so, yeah, I think... 
to answer your question, I think Liverpool from 21-22 in a league season would probably edge the treble winners. But you, the, treble, the treble speaks for itself. The treble trumps this whole debate, I think. Mm. Because, you know, the, the way City just developed that character in the Champions League particularly. And like I said earlier, at home as well. Depends where these games take place. But the Etihad <laughs> and Champions League nights last season was just a different a different fortress. And yeah. I think uh, even in the Premier League, we, did we lose at home? Yeah, apart from Brentford, we didn't lose at home. Yeah. So, no. yeah, I, I still have to give it to the treble winners. Mm, yeah, it kind of feels like a default win, but I, I do think the 21-22 team has as strong a case of any other team, including the Centurions, including the 18-19, of, of making it to that final. Uh, maybe if they were in the, the different bracket, it could have been different. But I, I'm, I'm going to go for the treble winners, basically just on the, on the one game, which both of these two teams played against Real Madrid in the semi-final. And I think that's where you get the, the best contrast and the best look at either team. Because I think City dominated from an attacking point of view anyway, the Real Madrid home leg in the same sort of way. Defensively, it was completely different and that's exactly what that treble winning team was about. And and in this format, in the knockout format, that's what's going to edge it for me. However, Andrew, quickly, um, we've put the treble winners through. They're going to play the 18-19 team in the final. But how important do you think it is which... Uh, sort of period of the season this treble winning team comes from because if it's the the sort of January February we're talking completely different you know I'm not going to call the treble winners a fluke as well we're going to get cancelled in a minute but you know it was that sort of that what February to June run which really this team locked in they were winning game after game after game their only defeats came in that spell when they'd already won the league you know it, it does matter, doesn't it? We're, we're seeing it uh, sort of as we speak about it now. You have to, the, the best teams have these runs, and any, on any day, any team is beatable. But that team, just in that run, was was impenetrable. Um, saying that, we've got a final to decide in a minute, so don't give too much away. But it, it did yeah. feel like it was that spell, didn't it? That that really won City those trophies. Uh, absolutely, but I, I don't think saying you know, oh, it's a fluke that they won the treble, but it winning tournaments and winning trophies often comes down to moments that happen or moments Mm -hmm. that do not happen. And if you look at the 21-22 team, we've all talked about the fact that in a way, City are lucky uh, that we did lose to Real Madrid because Mm. with the center back injury crisis we ended up having, if we'd had to deal with it, like, I don't know that we win the Premier League title if we hadn't. I don't don't think we do. I don't think we do because that Villa team is heavily rotated with a, a final mm-hmm. against Liverpool in Paris a week later. Yeah. And so I, I it, it's, we're in a way lucky that it happens. The flip side for the treble team, we're so lucky that we didn't have an injury crisis mm. because of how small the squad was and we got through it. And so it, it's not that they're lucky. It's just that the, the moments that happen in every season all came down City's way and you have to be lucky to win a treble. Mm. And frankly, I think you have to be lucky to win a domestic treble or the, you know, domestic quadruple, however you want to, you know, whatever you mm. want to call it. Um, I think both these teams show like what having moments of luck do, but obviously there was a little bit more luck for the 22, 23 team. Um, and I think also their floor that they were starting out was a little bit higher. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which leads us nicely then, Adam, to the to the final, the big one, the 2018-19 team 
versus the treble winners. Now, I would I would love to see this as a as a one off game. Um, like, where would it be? You know, Wembley, something like that, a massive occasion. Um, but where do you think this match is is sort of played out? Who do you think is is the star is the star in uh, players in in the game? Just trying to think of the squads. Who would who would be different in it? Obviously, Ruben Diaz was added early in Haaland. Um, a different kind of Ilkay Gundogan. Um, if we go off the fitness record, a, a, an absence of Kevin De Bruyne in one, but he's there for the other. You know, let's just kind of do it. Every player's fit. Every player's available. Who do you think sort of comes out on top? Who do you think edges it? Well, naturally, as a final, I think this is the toughest one yet because mm. initially, before starting this debate, I was thinking, yeah, it's the treble, treble winners have got it easy. But now, having had all the discussions we've had, I, I honestly, it's so hard to call. I think, you know, the, the formidables, for lack of a better word, got nine more points in the Premier League than the treble winners did. Um, and... I'm honestly thinking of those games in that season, particularly Liverpool, where in the big games, you know, having the legs of Bernardo Silva and Fernandinho at the very best, mm. having, you know, company when he told Mo Salah to get up. Um, <laughs> Emmerich Laporte. He, 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 used, he used some very different words yeah. than that, which probably aren't <laughs> able to be shared on this show, exactly. on this family show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Emmerich Laporte as well deserves a lot more credit for that season because people mm. gave the talk about Van Dijk and rightfully so but I think Laporte was a lot closer than people gave him credit for and people forget just how good he was in his prime and I think he was key to that season as any other player really you know Zinchenko came in for that final running did wonders David Silva was at his best still the I don't know I'm I'm honestly I'm honestly being swayed towards the 1819 boys but then then, if it's like I said earlier, if it's at the Etihad on a on a rainy night mm. in Manchester, you know, just look at that four 0 against Real Madrid. That is that is a team at its best. Um, mm. Into my, I think this this comes down to if you're talking a one off knockout tournament, it's the treble winners. Mm. I think if you're talking going toe to toe across the league season, I think the eighteen nineteen team is better set up to come out on top across mm. thirty eight matches. Yeah, because obviously 18-19, they got knocked out of the Champions League against Tottenham Hotspur. So I don't necessarily feel like it's a real fair reflection um, to sort of judge that team in a knockout phase because we 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 well city beat spurs didn't they um in my eyes anyway the moral the moral victory um okay L- arsenal i know oh, yeah <laughs> i know as i'm saying i'm thinking jesus guys <laughs> but you know lorente handles it in a rule that gets changed what was it months later uh the first ever usage of var or at least in that in that sort of that season um in the champions league when it wasn't being used in the premier league um <sighs> It is really difficult, isn't it? I do think in a one-off game we are speaking about a, an elite knockout winning team in the treble winners. But you know, Andrew, imagine like a Raheem Sterling versus Nathan Ake in a in a massive final. Or something oh, like, this you know, matchup would be it would be amazing. Oh, so wouldn't fun! It? Yeah, yeah, it would be absolutely it's, fantastic. It's Pep's two. Uh, it, it's two different sides of Pep mm. solving the same problem of how do you control and constrict a match. Mm just very different ways with very different personnel. And I, it, it would be fascinating to watch because I think there's a lot of different battles in there. Mm. Um, but, you, I mean, you get the best Fernandinho versus the best Rodri. Mm. You get, um, you know, Raheem Sterling at his pomp going against Nathan Ake 
who was incredible as a left center back, mm. left back. You know, like there's so many little battles that I think would be fascinating to see as City fans to kind of see how truly great the players in this team are. But I, I think ultimately in a knockout, it just you can't look past the team that won the FA Cup and won the Champions League mm. and doing it in the way that they did against the teams that they did. Um, and, you know, the 18-19 team, still one of my favorites. It's just, it's not a knockout winning competition mm. team. Yeah, apart from the two knockout competitions they did win, of course. Yeah, but I would say that... <laughs> are you, are you, you saying that Burton Albion isn't on a par with Real Madrid? Is that is that the, the claim we're getting from this uh, from this episode? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to uh, <laughs> say that that uh, may indeed be the case. And my <laughs> deepest apologies to Burton and Albion. um yeah i I do think it's interesting because i think um we've we've distinguished these two teams and we've added the context of erling harland being in one of the teams as as a reason why 22 23 might win it but obviously he didn't score in either of the two finals that city played in um and and, on the opposite side sergio aguero probably the most complete sergio aguero of his time in city without having any other stats i seem to remember he wasn't out that much in that season you know he seems to have a a fair no he played like like, I think he played around like 45 games. Um, which is, yeah, which is a lot for him. And scored it? like 30, 30, I think it's 32 goals wow. across all comps. Yeah, yeah. Um, possibly an underrated season there as well. But Adam, I, I do think, you know, are we in agreement? It's a 22, 23. And it's that recency bias from us, maybe, yeah, maybe. maybe. But um, I think it, it would be hard. I mean, I, I don't know if it's it. recency bias to say that the team that did the thing <laughs> that only one other English team has ever done yeah. is going to win, um, particularly when the question is who wins the knockout <laughs> tournament. And they both won an FA Cup, but only one was able to win the Champions League. And they won the Champions League against Real Madrid and Bayern, and the other one <laughs> lost to fucking Spurs. <laughs> oh God, don't even remind me of it. It was so painful. Uh, don't worry about it though, because the Champions League next season is going to be a league knockout anyway. So maybe the eight to nineteen wins. But um, yeah, Adam, final words then. Twenty two, twenty three. Um, bloody good team. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, like I said earlier, the, the trophies speak for themselves. You know, it, it's so it's so fresh in the memories, but. It'll, mm. it's, it's not going to go away. I'll put it that way. It's, you know, we're, we're never going to forget it. It's just the way we ended that season. I think it was a twelve-game winning run towards the end. Uh, just ridiculous. The way <sighs> yeah. the way it all yeah. came together like it did to beat Bayern like that, to beat Real like that, for Rodri to step up so many times and then do it at the other biggest stage. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's the it's the treble winners, and it it was always going to be. Let's be honest. I, I know he got swayed, but no, it always was going to be. Keep... Give me a score then quickly, Adam. Um, 2018 19 City versus 22 23. 2 1. 2 1. Who scores for City? Oh, which City? <laughs> <laughs> Both. Yeah. I, I'd say it's going to be, I think, Rodri opens the scoring for the treble winners. Leroy yeah. Sane equalises. But then Bernardo Silva pops up with a winner. Okay, interesting. I'm going to go 3 1 for the 22 23. I'm going to say David Silver free kick opens the scoring for 18 19. A, mm, Phil Foden equaliser, a little scruffy sort of six yard box poking in. Gundawan scores the winner from a free kick of his own in the second half, and Erling Haaland caps it up in the 85th minute. Um, Andrew, is there any more romantic ending for you? I mean, uh, what, what, what scoreline are you going for? Um, does it get any better than that? I w- I was thinking also three one, um, 
I also had David in my head, David Silva scores for 18, 19, but uh, I got to expect and hope that my boy, Johnny stones uh, gets at least one for the trouble winners. Cause I love that man. Could you imagine his celebrations if he'd scored in any of those finals last year? I don't think he'd even available for the next year. Um, but chaps, we'll, we'll call it a day there. A bit of an extended episode for you to enjoy over the international break. Adam, it's been plenty of fun. I eagerly await all of our mentions and replies to be filled with uh, controversial takes. No, the FA Cup winners would have beaten the treble winners. That's, that's what we do this for. But it's been plenty of fun. Thank you very much. Yeah, pleasure to be back. Great little debate for the internationals. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Andrew, I think that was your least controversial episode in the history of Sit Report podcast. So uh, you'll be all right. I mean the bar, the bar for the bar for that is pretty. Like to get under that bar is pretty easy. So yeah, I, I did expect you to come on here and say the 2015 League Cup winning uh, 2015 16 League Cup winner should have been a, there ahead of the 2018 19. I mean, years. no, but I do have fond memories of that match because I was driving. Um, for I can't remember where I was driving, but I had to listen to it uh, in the car via like internet radio <laughs> as I was driving, and it was a very tense match to not be able to see anything. Yeah, yeah, of course, penalty shootout. Um, Big Willie yeah. getting us across the line, which is a great place. Shouts to Big Willie. <laughs> we we love Big Willie. <laughs> That'll do for today's show. If you enjoyed it, please hit follow, hit subscribe. We'll be back on Wednesday as we start to thankfully look ahead to some real life football. If you enjoyed it, leave a rating and a review. Until next time, we'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.